This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. There is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to adjust the frequency. We are controlling transmission. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limit frequency. Good evening, my name is Sam. My name's Ricardo. And this is the Outer Limit Frequency. Most of the time, our ideas for an episode make a lot of sense. Sometimes, however, something is so incredibly daft that we absolutely have to do it. So, there are some pretty iconic album covers out there. Think Abbey Road from The Beatles, Destroyer from Kiss, Bat Out of Hell from Meatloaf, Nevermind from Nirvana. The iconic album artwork doesn't always mean good, though. I mean, just look at Nevermind. And there are also those album covers that are so bad that they defy explanation. Well, we aim to explain it, and seeing as you can't see what we see, we also aim to describe them. Description. A rudimentary 3D model of a camouflaged green jeep piloted by the band is contrasted very harshly against a plain white backdrop. When you look at the cover of the first Gorillaz album, it becomes very clear that they had no idea how to market this group. Despite the wealth of talent behind the record and the very real attraction of this being a new Damon Albarn project, what kind of person was going to pick this one up based on the cover image alone? It's so blank and, well, pardon the pun, it's two-dimensional, and in no way does it represent what the group had to offer. Just compare this one to the group's iconic Demon Days album cover just to see how far they would come in a few years when they actually figured out the appeal of Gorillaz. They also wrote a short punk song, and they called it Punk.
most of the albums on this episode are focused on baffling artwork that either doesn't make sense or is just kind of absurd. However, I felt that Stranger Than Fiction from punk band Bad Religion deserves a mention. Because you know what doesn't look punk? Five dudes standing around looking incredibly bored and possibly falling asleep? It's all it is. They're just kind of standing there looking bored and boring. And I, I just... The album's great, though. Probably the best released by the band, and it's such a strange choice of cover. This is Infected.
Description. A poorly laid out tableau, the album's title and a dirty backdrop. The lettering is faded and dusty looking, you know, for authenticity. C6 Steve went to a lot of effort to get his hobo-turned-musician story over with the public. The fact that it's not exactly true is neither here nor there. But either way, his old mart is trying very hard to get his down-on-his-luck DIY aesthetic across to an audience. Unfortunately, I started out with nothing and I still got most of it left, is an absolute eyesore. A badly constructed child's art project that went off the rails. What Steve lacks in artistic flair, he must make up for in persuasiveness. How else could he convince Nick Cave to join him on the album's duet, Just Like a King? Everybody's looking at my girl 
She only got eyes for me Make me feel like the king of the world Four buff guys striking a power pose while wearing loincloths. I must be talking about Manowar. The funny thing is, this actually describes a few of their albums. The one that makes me nauseous with how bad it is, though, is Fighting the World, because their power poses only apply to one member of the band, with the other three doing something else, where with one it looks like they were about to do a sweet pose, but got caught getting ready, one doing a weird high X with his hands, and the other looking kind of like he's trying to balance himself on the rock they're standing on, or work out a particularly rough bowel movement. Plus side is, they aren't wearing loincloths on this one. Downside is, the album's not very good. Either way, this is Blow Your Speakers. Shut up. 
Description. A flat, badly drawn image of a heavily armed alien patrolling a cityscape on a planet where three-point perspectives have apparently not been invented. Voivod are one of those bands who are just known for having terrible album covers. When nothing faces the best you've got to offer, I think it's safe to assume that cover art isn't exactly your forte. But there's definitely a worse one in the bunch. And I reckon 2013's Target Earth takes the cake. The hideous cake. I guess this is the band cashing in on setting the bar for cover art so low for decades on end. If your fans already expect it to look like trash, then why try harder? And as little as I like looking at Target Earth, I do quite enjoy listening to it. If I'm ever in the need for a meaty slab of angular prog metal, this is Artifact.
So I don't know how to properly describe this one, but I'm going to give it a go. Two cartoon figures, one with horns looking at each other. There's an arrow pointing between both of them, some kind of snake behind them, the name of the band, Power Man 5000, three times, the word who, with a question mark, a couple of stars, a dollar sign, a whole lot of scribbles, and of course the name of the album, Transform. It's enough to give you a nosebleed just looking at it. But fortunately, if you are already blind, at least you get to listen rather than look. And the contents of the album is actually pretty decent. So seeing as the album cover is seemingly about nothing, this is Song About Nothing. This could have been about a lot of things, but it's not. So don't stop and try to look for the message. The world moves and it don't ask why your kids will burn red hot like the 4th of July. I could have told about what's in between of the head and the hand, but you're
Description. An uncomfortable and misproportioned-looking air hostess made out of a rubbery balloon-like material beckons you to look at the terrible font choice for the album's even more terrible title. I'm not sure if there ever was a side project more hotly anticipated than Maynard James Keenan's Pussifer, but even the most die-hard of Tall's fans were given pause after just one look at the debut album, the arch-cringe that is, V is for Vagina. There appears to be an inverse relationship between how good Pussifer albums look and how good they sound, because I really like the V album, but I never have to look at it again, it's going to be too soon. And on the other side of the coin, the best thing I can say about their most recent offering, Existential Reckoning, is at least the album cover looks good for a change. But that is very faint praise. But we're going to go all the way back to that first horrible-looking album with Mama Said. Wait. 
With 28 studio albums behind him, Ellis Cooper is bound to have a few stinkers. And yeah, he, he does. He also has some truly dreadful artwork. Goes to Hell, Zipper Catches Skin, and Brutal Planet are all pretty hard to look at. But Raise Your Fist and Yell raises the bar. Or lowers the bar? I'm not sure. It's a rebellious fist up in the air, which in itself is not bad at all. However, on the inside of this fist and wrist is the tortured face of Alice Cooper. He looks shocked that he is indeed now a fist, and I'm glad he got better after his short stint as an appendage. And that's really all it is, a fist with a face. And I'm not sure why. I'm not sure anyone is sure why. The contents of the album itself are fine, definitely not his best work, but far from his worst. With a standout track being Prince of Darkness, which was featured in the John Carpenter film of the same name. So here it is. Yeah. 
He feels the light, he feels the truth, he feels what's gonna be. He spits on life, he spits on God, he spits on death for you and me. Prince of darkness. Description, a disturbing faith-shape made out of vaguely wooden textures that becomes more horrific the longer you look at it. Try not to look into its dead wooden eye holes. For all the things that the Finn brothers are good at, picking album art is not one of them. Most of the discographies of both Split Ends and Crowded House could fit into this episode without anyone batting an eye. Let's just say it might be a sign. And I believe that Crowded House's 1991 album Woodface is the worst offender of the lot. At least it's an accurate depiction of the record's title. Whether that's a good thing or not, that's a debate for another day. And it does open with a banger like chocolate cake to take that nasty, nasty taste out of your mouth.
A man in a fine suit, complete with bowler hat and cane, meets a naked pointing man on a giant brain in the middle of a fine day in a desert. That actually describes this album art quite well. And I want to be clear, I actually really do not hate this artwork, but it is pretty bizarre and probably doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, it does in that this album in question is called Hemispheres, because, like, a brain... And it also kind of gets a pass because the band is Rush. What doesn't get a pass is that the song from this album that is featured is the absolutely freaking stupid The Trees, which is not a deep and meaningful song, as people try to say, but is actually just about, haha, what if trees were people? I'm not kidding. Neil Peart admitted it.
description. A multi-faced dog-like creature is surfing a wave coming out of a giant Sonic the Hedgehog face in front of a graphic design nightmare of different coloured tiles undulating in the background. Do you know how hard it is to recommend an album like MGMT's Congratulations to People when its cover makes you want to vomit and disgust? It's really hard. Maybe it was a clever bit of subterfuge hiding some of their best songs underneath a piece of art that is guaranteed to alienate those looking for a repeat of the massively successful Oracular Spectacular. Artist Anthony Ausgang has stated the gulp to create something unsettling using bright colours and, well, you nailed it, mate. It's a song for Dan Treacy. He spends his time, or maybe half of his time, or part of the time wandering around the creeks and cobblestones of Hackney Lanes. With the tear in his eyes, as the children walk by, he's thinking of the sound and stops to paint a picture of a friend. Walking around,
So, Ricardo, when you're going through your collection of albums, assuming you have a collection of physical albums, well, mm-hmm. I know you do, I don't have mm-hmm. to assume, do you ever feel like there's something missing? Oh, definitely. Have you ever thought while going through this collection that the missing item is, in fact, a picture of a butthole? Not recently. Well, Typo Negative have got you covered, because with the original release of their second album, The Origin of the Feces, not only do you get to see a butthole, but you get to see the butthole of frontman Peter Steele. Close up. Yep. This is Kill You Tonight. thank you for joining us at our look of descriptions of bad album covers i don't know where i'm going with this i didn't know where i was going with it the whole episode but yeah if you liked what you heard jump onto spotify and check out some of our old episodes there's a whole lot of them there waiting for you and since you're coming back next week you're gonna get to hear us talk about some of the best and most noteworthy one-off band lineups and collaborations in history it should be a good one and we'll see you then see you then
more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.